0: Welcome back to the Autoblog Podcast. I'm Greg Migliori. We've got an awesome show for you this week. We're going to talk Cadillac. We're going to talk Kia Seltos. We're going to talk about our long term Subaru WRX. It's really good in the snow. It did snow this morning. We've got some news to talk about, including Tesla and Chrysler's possible 300 successor, and maybe a successor to the Kia Stinger, reborn perhaps as the Kia EV8. We will spend your money. So let's bring in. Senior editor for all things electric and perhaps electric slash pivot back to plug-in hybrid, John Snyder.
1: Hey, how's it going? Be a really long title. Yeah. (laughs) We should make that official.
0: We'll have to get all sorts of new business cards. Uh, But uh, yeah, a lot going on here in the car business. Um, Yeah, I am definitely... I'm ready to go. I skipped lunch, but I had a Starbucks uh, espresso shot from my in-house uh, espresso maker. So I'm nice. feeling definitely wired, ready to go, and I've pivoted back to some afternoon french roast, also from I, Starbucks.
1: I had an apple with some peanut butter and okay. uh, and a homemade uh, Snickerdoodle cookie. <laughs> and uh, I'm having some tea. All right. This sounds like
0: a pretty, you know, caffeinated, healthy uh, ish podcast. So yeah, which is the opposite of the Super Bowl, where I ate nonstop dips. Uh, <laughs> we had what did we have? I think we had fajitas, which was good. Uh, did you watch any of the car commercials? Any of those look pretty um, good to you?
1: You know, I I wasn't paying close attention to the Super Bowl this year. We were trying to get the kids to bed, <laughs> and yeah, uh, it's at a bad time for you know. I watched the first have- half, um, but I was sort of in and out. You know, cooking, cleaning, um, baths, that sort of mm-hmm. stuff, but. Uh, um, and I didn't really, I, I guess I was kind of rooting for the 49ers. Um, yeah. but, but, uh, I didn't really care that much about either of the teams. Um, kind of wish I had stayed up and, and watched, uh, watched the overtime, but we ended up, uh, once the kids were in bed, catching up on masters of the air, which is, uh, uh excellent. Yeah. Really good show. I'm loving it.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's It's by the same person as band of brothers, right?
1: Yep. 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 It's Amblin entertainment and yeah, it follows, uh, yeah, you know, the the flying fortresses around World War Two. It's mm. really, really suspenseful and uh good and intense and, and, and neat. Some some good up and coming actors too, I feel like.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. I uh Apple it's Apple TV plus or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. I need to we need I think we're going to drop Netflix or Peacock and then cycle into one of those. That's usually what we do. It's like we have Hulu, then we drop that, then you get, you know, yeah. cycle into the other ones and Right now, Big Ten basketball is on Peacock for a fair amount okay. of games. So, I kind of need to keep that for a little bit, at least until tournament season. So, we'll see there. Um, yeah, we'll see. But uh, let's talk about this Cadillac you've been driving. Uh, yeah. You have the CT4V Blackwing, which mm-hmm. uh, Associate Editor Byron Hurd has one in his long-term fleet, as in he owns one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a really compelling car. I tend to like the five just a little bit more because it's uh I just like the fact that it's a little bit more of a larger, almost five series competitor. I like that in a sports sedan. I also have always kinda of liked the E class and the five series. It's yeah. a really interesting car though.
1: Um what did you yeah, do this, with it? This is my first Blackwing I I've driven. Oh wow. Um, okay. Yeah. So uh I I just uh drove it around a lot, but you know, any excuse I could get to take it out and drive it. Um, it was fantastic. Uh, manual transmission was really good. Um, really, really grippy. Um, yeah, I had pretty good weather for it. So that was, that was nice, but man, it is just a a really well balanced car between performance and comfort. Um, I, you know, I felt like, yeah, plenty of power, um, never too much that it wanted to like, you know, take a bite out of me um and yeah really uh yeah it just you know works with you um very well you know you can make it sort of makes you feel a little heroic kind of like the uh uh, it remind me a little bit of the one series m coupe in that way um you know just one of those like high performing cars that's also really sort of um easy to manage and easy to uh drive hard, um, without, uh, feeling like you're putting your life or anyone else's at danger. Um, and yeah, generally just very attractive. Uh, yeah, this one was in like a fire truck, red, uh, beautiful color. Um, yeah. And then this one has the, uh, the actual black wing, uh, lettering on the badges, which, uh, Byron was a little jealous of he came by and we swapped cars um so he could get some uh some time in the, in this one to compare it to his um but yeah he was saying the same thing like man i can't wait for you to get in the in the five and see what that's like so that's a whole nother beast um but yeah uh very very fine car uh, i liked it quite a bit what i think is interesting about the
0: four versus the five is there are th- not slightly, they are different animals. You know, mm-hmm. with the Blackwing in the 5, uh, you know, you can get as big as that 6.2 liter hand-built <laughs> yeah. supercharged V8. So, what I like about the 4 uh, and not just the the Blackwing is, I think it's a good successor to like the ATS. It's really like a chassis, um, like almost like a chassis first car, if you will. Like it's, to me, it's not about the raw power, it's about the handling. So
1: yeah, it's, it's another one of those things where it's like not too crazy, um, loud or anything, but it it does sound really good. You know, when you're, uh, shifting through the gears, um, uh, when you've got a long runoff, it, it just sort of does this really sort of comforting and, and slightly pulse raising, just constant burble it's not like snarly and crackly it's just burble, 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 burble. and it's not not too loud or obnoxious it just sounds really good it's really fun yeah what uh what did you do with uh with your black wing um I took the kids all over the place and uh, you know whenever I was going anywhere the kids wanted to be in it <laughs> they, they, they both yeah. really loved it too uh, which is really neat they thought it was really sweet um but i I just um I sort of drove it around uh you know some of the some of the back roads um yeah I'm sort of right on the edge of of Ann arbor, just like a hop over the the, the city line um so just drive out toward like north territorial and, and there's all sorts of um neat little curvy back roads out there and uh yeah so i I just spent a lot of time um doing that and uh, you know i it it just plays along really nicely, and then and then when I was you know sh- shuttling the kids around and whatnot, it was also perfectly good for that. A um, uh, decent amount of room in the back for the kids. Um, Lola wasn't kicking the back of, of my seat too much, um, and uh, yeah, so I was just out there enjoying it, um, you know, sort of testing the limits of the grip on, on launch and that sort of thing. Um, and, uh, just, yeah, really, really impressed with it. Just really well nailed down car.
0: Yeah. I, um, I've said this before, not just on the podcast, but in, in general, I, I really like the design, the aesthetics of the CT four and the CT five. I think mm. it's, um, it's still very demonstrative and it has a you know a deep character uh, but it also feels very like american it feels very um you know authentic for cadillac and i think it's just a more attractive look than some of the even more angular cadillacs from about you know from the previous generation so i really like the looks of uh what they've done with these two sedans i think it's um they're very compelling i think yeah. you um there's No reason not to buy one of these, you know, if you're benchmarking it against a Mercedes or a BMW or an Audi.
1: Yeah. And and still very um, uh, familiar as a Cadillac, very, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of unique to Cadillac uh, design style without, you know, sort of aping any other cars out there, um, which, which I like, and you know, it doesn't overdo anything either. It's, um, you know, it's, sort of classy i wouldn't quite say conservative because it it Mm -hmm. does look you know pretty muscular and stuff but it's not out there at all um i would feel just as comfortable pulling up to the opera in this as Mm -hmm. i would pulling up to a, a a cars and coffee you know
0: i think it fits in nicely with um i i've used this example before where i think it's a nice throwback to the early 60s cadillac designs sort of that almost like uh, you you get past the you know very over the top like uh, fins of the fifties, mm-hmm. but it's before you got those kind of just total land barges of the seventies, like the Eldorado comes to mind. In the early sixties, things like the Coupe DeVille, um, I think, really you know, it's a good look for Cadillac. And this is stay with me here. I think it's almost like the spiritual successor to that age of Cadillac design, which I think is, I believe it was like. It was, it was post-Harley Earl. You're more into like the Bill Mitchell era at that point. Okay. Yeah, so uh, so you like the car. Um, yes. We had a discussion before about trying to get uh, uh, like an American luxury car. It, you were on the podcast for this, for a friend of Autoblog who was looking mm-hmm. to get a sedan. And we're like, well, CT5 was about it. And Mm -hmm. then we came up with like a Volvo, I think S90, which is Scandinavian. You Mm -hmm. mentioned the Teslas. I threw out the CT5 and the Lincoln Continental, uh, which I thought spoke to kind of like a larger challenge of where is American luxury right now? Yeah. And since we're talking caddies, I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think Cadillac's in the transition period. You know, I saw an electric Escalade on the road last weekend and I was struck by how Uh, it must have been a prototype, how different it looked than uh, the gasoline-powered one. I thought it looked pretty good. And then you've got the Celestic, which is just (laughs) enormous, but it's so striking. And I I really think that's such a good play for them to go so aggressively with such a halo car. Um, But the Lyric has been a slow roll. Like, we're just finally seeing them getting out, you know, into like personal fleets. So. You know, what What do you think about Cadillac as opposed to say the Germans, Lincoln, you know, I don't know. What do you think?
1: Um, they definitely uh, seem to really have their own uh, sort of, yeah, American identity. They don't, they're not trying to um, copy the Germans, not trying to go head to head with them. They're trying to sort of just create their own um, identity. And uh, I, it definitely w- works here. I mean, you were saying like American luxury, Um, American luxury, American performance. uh, This is something I'd point to a lot of the Cadillac vehicles. um, uh, Even the Lyric is, is really, really fun to drive. It Uh, is really is. It's a great interior. I think. Oh my God. The interior is beautiful. The design, uh, the attention to detail uh, in it, you know, just the, it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, But yeah, I think they're, they're sort of, yeah, maybe in a bit of a transition period, of course, as as you know, they're making more EVs. Um, but you know what they're doing on both sides of that transition, you know, the, mm-hmm. the internal combustion and the EV. I, I think uh, they're both getting them both right, um, apart from maybe some of the. Uh, you know, electrical and software problems that they're having with the Lyric. I mean, it's the same thing with GM that we're seeing with the the Blazer EV and whatnot. Um, I think that was sort of dogging the Lyric's launch from the get go. Um, so if they can get those gremlins figured out, I think you know, uh, just very compelling as as uh, an answer to uh, yeah. Uh, uh, something that uh, is sort of aspirational without being too far out of reach and without being um, obnoxious Uh, pretty much all their vehicles uh, you know the the celestic sort of being uh, the outlier there but just because it's Mm -hmm. you know multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars and uh, very uh, you know eye-catching design Um, yeah but uh, but yeah for the for the rest of the their stable I think yeah, very much um, capturing that that sort of zeitgeist. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, um, pleased with with how they're uh, you know straddling both sides of of that fence. I think there's some new uh, daylight for them
0: as well. Is CEO Mary Barra of GM mentioned that they're going to make more hybrids and ostensibly mm-hmm. plug-in hybrids too. So I think there's a number of vehicles that could be. Um, retrofitted with like a hybrid or a plug-in hybrid Mm -hmm. powertrain and you could get some more mileage out of that. Frankly, the CT4 and 5, I think, would be ripe for that if they were to go down that road. Uh, Rizwick, our West Coast and features guy, wrote a column about GM's fits and starts with EVs over the years. And one of the things he mentioned was going back to the ELR, which was the the Cadillac Volt. So, Uh I think Cadillac could do a good... like. They could sort of cherry pick some of these you know uh, hybrid tech uh, off the parts bin out of the storeroom here, see what might be lurking in the storeroom at Warren or something, and mm-hmm. you know kind of augment their lineup, but it could add some sales, and I think it could be good for you know enthusiasts of all stripes
1: I agree, yeah I mean the more the more options they put out there, the better i mean there's there's you know still lots of people that that don't want anything to do with the battery. And then there's uh lots of people that do want a battery and some people just can't make the the EV thing work for their lifestyle yet. Um uh, and you know plug-in hybrids sort of bridge that gap, get more electric miles on the road um, uh, and and you know just bring down the cost of ownership and provide a more um sort of compelling and uh, dynamic and uh you yeah, know also smoother and comfortable uh ride if if they you know if they do it right blending the, the internal combustion and the electric uh power you know seamlessly which uh, i think yeah, the gm can can pull that off yeah i would agree with that i
0: think it's uh it's definitely an opportunity for them and um Yeah. Don't forget the Vistic is out there as well. I'm looking around seeing some spy shots for that. Different blogs are out there covering it. Um, Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. The Vistic will be interesting too.
0: (laughs) It will be. Yeah. I mean, it's, I I, actually, I kind of like their naming scheme like Lyric Vistic. I think it's Celestic. They Uh they sound again, like, you know, 1920s cruise ships, but Hey, uh, it's,
1: yeah. I think it sure. sounds good.
0: You know, everything doesn't have to have a letter and a
1: number. So I think this is kind of cool. Go for it, yeah. right? And and yeah, the 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 IQ at the end, you know, but it being part of an actual word is a lot better than like uh EQs, uh number letter number, you know, that sort yeah. of thing. Um it makes them a little more memorable and um but also cohesive with the with the IQ. And you know, uh when you buy a vehicle, that IQ is the common denominator. It makes you feel smart. I that is a great way to put it. That's a really good way to put it. Um,
0: All right. Well, tell me about this uh, Kia Seltos you've been in. How did yeah. that go?
1: Um, it's good. Uh, I've I've had it. Uh, I got it on Monday, and I've been driving around. Um, you know, the the one I'm in is is the s x turbo all wheel drive and the sticker on this one is thirty three grand um okay. and it, it feels like a really great car for that price uh okay. you get, get a lot of content a lot of comfort um you know the the twenty four it's it feels um definitely powerful like i definitely doesn't feel slow at all and uh you know the the conventional um automatic transmission is great um you know, like a lot of Kias, uh, packed with content from even you know the lower trims. So um, this one has has a lot of that stuff uh, baked in. You know, a nice audio system, really good uh, driver assist tech, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's quite comfortable. Um, it's funny, I just got out of the uh, Genesis uh, GV70 uh the electrified cool. gp 70 and um you know that always that sort of looks and feels and drives bigger to me than mm-hmm. than the Seltos the Seltos actually has more room um in the second row which my my kids are enjoying and I'm enjoying um being able to sit in uh, whatever comfortable seating position I want without having to move the seat for them to uh make sure their legs aren't squished. <laughs> so um but yeah it's it's a really compelling uh vehicle in that in that sort of small suv space um a really good value you know uh also you know if you're buying it you get that great five-year warranty um uh, which is always uh mm-hmm. you know it's something that that you you don't necessarily think about when you're when you're um, you know deciding on the cars you like but when you go down to buy it that's something that uh makes uh it's a bit of a you know can help make the decision um and uh yeah i'm I'm really quite enjoying it um you know our, our video producer armor uh has one uh mm-hmm. that's right and, and um you know driving this i've been thinking about him and he's he's been raving about how, he loves his and you know when i've been driving this i'm like yeah okay i I'm, I'm happy for a Hummer. This is a, this is a great car. Um, the, you know, it's, it's pretty compact. Um, uh, but still, like I said, there's, there's a decent amount of room for passengers. Uh, cargo space is a little limited. Um, I've been having to, you know, when we pack up for karate, I have to like sort of, uh, stick the bow staffs over the headrests, um, that sort of thing. And, uh, uh it'll just be me and Wally going skiing this weekend so i can put down one side of the seats um i'll be curious to see how well the the skis fit uh even then um just that, that cargo area is is kind of smallish it's not i mean it's not too terribly small but i'm i'm, I'm thinking about it in terms of of putting longer things in it compared yeah. to like like the like the GB70 that uh, sacrificed second row space for you know had really good cargo space um, this sort of gives a little bit more of that room to the passengers. Uh, but I think for, for most, uh, use, use cases, luggage, um, groceries, things like that, normal, normal things that you, you, you know, put in your car on a day-to-day basis. Um, yeah, it's the cargo area is actually, um, pretty well shaped and, uh, uh decently sized. Yeah. I
0: liked it when I drove it. Yeah. I think it, it really
1: exemplifies
0: the things like Kia does well. You get uh, a lot of value, uh, kind of interesting design on the outside, uh, very solid interior. And it's, uh, you know, it affects the feeling of just a good value. Uh, You get a little more bang for your buck, if you will.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like this, you know, 33,000, I've got ventilated front seats, you know, the power lift gate, the power sunroof, um, uh digital key um mm-hmm. if i cared to set that up um which if i you know next next car I own I'd I'd really like like to be able to use my yeah car as a key. I use the uh app for a Palisade all the time to lock and unlock it. When you know I've like cat's like you gotta run out to the car and get uh Lola's uh diaper bag or whatever. Um and I Never remember to grab the keys from her, so I walk out and I tap a button on my phone and I'm in the car um, yeah so I could do that and 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 drive it too that'd be great uh, and uh yeah so so things like that, you know lots of uh you know nice leather um the 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 syntax seating is is you know really convincing um really comfortable. But then you get like the leather wrap steering wheel and shift knob and things like that um yeah and and just the the regular uh highway driving assist uh suite of assist of driving assist technology is is really good this isn't the driving uh, the high, the highway driving assist two yet um which is even more advanced but you know highway driving assist one is is excellent mm-hmm. um so yeah really really good bang for your buck with this. It's a good name, too. I think, uh,
0: speaking of names, I think Seltos, uh, uh, I don't know why it reminds me of like Elka Seltzer, uh, just the <laughs> name, but like a seltzer water, I don't know. But yeah, I,
1: like a creation of of seltzer and Mentos or something.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, well, that would be an interesting drink now, wouldn't it?
1: <laughs> if it doesn't I fizz up like uh,
0: Mentos and Coke, maybe drop some, uh, I don't know, some gin in there, uh. Could give it a different vibe or tequila, probably yeah. not tequila. Um, <laughs> all right, let's talk I about know, this. Min, rep. Min,
1: mint and tequila can can go together. Oh, mint okay. and
0: tequila, I didn't think of that. I was joking, but I clearly wrong. I <laughs> that could work. I tend to think gin and then maybe like yeah. a, a garnish of some lime could be yeah. good. Yeah, winter cooler, nice <laughs> transition as you get into the the little bit longer days of spring. Um, yeah
1: all right should we talk about the rex yeah yeah our long-termer I, yes I, you know the more the more we talk about this you know throughout the work day you know as everyone's sort of chiming in about it uh the more i just can't wait to drive this 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 our long-termer this generation um gosh it, it's it's the first one that has me excited since uh since the 04 that i owned so you had yeah, the bug-eyed it, ones, right? Uh I had the blob eye. They made the, the, the blob eye. eye. Okay. I made the bug eye for two years, gave it a little facelift with the blob eye for two years, and then and then uh and then changed it some more with the uh okay. with the 06.
0: Yeah, okay. Oh five. They changed it, yeah. Yeah, that, that would be uh, I think that car. You have the Volkswagen Beetle though. So yeah. I mean, but if you're looking to just have like a fun thing in the garage, oh, yeah. man, that would be a fun one to still have around. But yep. <laughs> wouldn't take up much too much space either. Um, so, what I'm going to talk about this week is a little, I don't know, a little trite, but it's a CD player. I uh, post one up on Friday. Check it out. This is your first review of a CD player <laughs> in a car in, since 2011. I don't know. It was a $375 option, so we went ahead and checked that box. And um, I had a blast with it during my like three plus weeks in the car. I put all my old CDs, my Case Logic CD sleeve, uh, <laughs> and I just rolled around with them. And it's uh, the CD player is right in the center console. So, it's I actually liked it better than having like installed in the dash like you might remember different, you know, aftermarket ones would get done. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that was pretty cool. And I'm just... Listening to Count and Crows, like all those old albums from the 90s and early 2000s. Uh, it's really a great pleasure to listen to an album all the way through. And I just, I don't really do that anymore. Yeah. But in a car, you can, you know, and you can do it anywhere, of course, but you just don't. And I don't know, for 375, I think I would check that box on this car. I think it'd probably be worth it. It's a little bit of a splurge, but it's it adds something. I, I also wonder if it would, the novelty would wear off and I would just be like driving around with a bunch of CDs, listening to satellite radio and sports and NPR maybe, but I don't know. It's, it was fun. I really enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah.
1: You know, I, I keep thinking I'm I'm done with CDs, but I still have some laying around a lot of them from like high school. And yeah. And when I do, you know, have the occasional car with a CD player in it every once in a while, I'll bust some of those out and, and play them in the car and listen to, you know, albums that I forgot I loved for, mm-hmm. you know, 20 years or whatever. Um, I don't, I don't think I would, I don't think I would check that options box. Um, but it is, it is fun to sort of go back and, and listen to those uh, things I otherwise wouldn't. And then, you know, once I've listened to them on CD, I, I just download them on my phone, <laughs> you know, yeah. just, uh, just start streaming those albums. Um, but, you know, it is, it is a way to sort of rediscover some old favorites.
0: Yeah, no, that's, I, part of me feels like it's, it's probably the nostalgia thing, but hey, it's, you know, it yeah. works, especially in this car too, because it's a manual transmission. It's the Subaru WRX, which in itself is, you know, makes history come alive. I think, Yeah. you know, it's, you know half of the car is the legend if you will and then also you've got a like it's just an old school thing to drive it's mm-hmm. a sports sedan that's stiff as all hell and you know again it's a manual the engine's a little coarse um it's loudish i've definitely driven louder things you know but it's you know it's it's loudish and this to me just adds to the vibe it's it's a nice soundtrack for it
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: <laughs> a big thing I'm going to want to hear from you is if you think this is like a worthy successor when you yeah. get into it. I know I, I kind of thought you might be up next. I guess it's, where did it go? It went from Zach to me to, I think it's a Joel's house. I think news editor Joel stock still has it. So he cut in front of the line, I guess. Yeah. Well, uh, it's, it's
1: going to be a little bit because I'm getting our, uh, you know, soon to be long-termer, the the CX 90. Mm. Um, so that's coming to me like, be a good one within, you know, the next week. Um, so I'll be, I'll be checking that out for a while before I, you know, do doing the, all the family type <laughs> reviews and that before I, uh, start doing the you know historical comparison in the WRX, but I, I can't yeah. wait, man. I can't wait. It would have been I nice took... to get it with some, with some snow because geez yeah. Louise, that was, that's the thing I missed the most about my, my WRX was just driving it in the snow was most fun thing in the world. <laughs> it's a tank. It really yeah, so is.
0: Good. I mean, the BlizzX, just total champions. Like it's, you know, I had it for probably the time we had the most snow this year, which is was kind of like late January, early February. Um, so, it was really good in that. And it also made me think if I were to look at this as a daily driver, now I would probably never get a Rex as a daily driver, just for my station and life and the different things I need to do. Uh, But in there's certain press cars you get in, you're like, it's awesome, but I couldn't make this a daily driver for here's the reason. But driving this thing in the winter, which you knew it would be just an absolute trucker, but it also actually doing it made me think, oh yeah, I could do this. I really could because daily driving in the snow with, you know, a manual transmission car that's low to the ground, I discovered how sort of like harsh it could be and I was like, yeah, Mm -hmm. but it's still not that bad, you know, and I think it's worth that trade-off for what the three weeks that we get snow in winter now and then you get like this awesome sports sedan in the summer. So, but I do think the blizzacks help obviously.
1: Yeah. Oh man, just sounds like fun.
0: The orange color is awesome too. Uh, yeah. I really like that. I'm glad we got that. The blue, which I think is a... Honestly, it's probably a nicer look. Maybe get those Sparko gold wheels, which don't fit on this one, but, <laughs> you know, that's a great aesthetic too. Very, like, Subaru Rally inspired. I feel like uh, everyone's going like to be have the blue though. Yeah, I like the orange a lot. It's really... It's another sort of Subaru vibe. Yeah. So, so, check out that story. Uh, let me know if you are driving around with your CDs and like a newer car. I mean, you know, how that's still working out for you. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. It was a little bit of a trip back in time for my final week here in the WRX Palmer took it on Monday and we'll see if I get another month or two in it before it goes back at the end of we've spent two months in it. 10 to go. All right. All right. So let's talk, uh, talk some news. Chrysler has a uh, EV concept. This is sort of the successor to the airflow. Uh, this is the, uh, they call it the, the halcyon. You think I'm saying that right? Is it pronounced like the word or I don't know if they have a special bespoke pronunciation? Yeah, do you I think they say this? Halcyon. Okay. So we'll go with that. We'll say the word as it's pronounced. Um, with car companies, it's never a given, especially with concepts. (laughs) You remember the Chiron? for a long time, people thought it was pronounced the Chiron from Bugatti. And I don't know where that came from, but I feel like half the car journalism mispronounced it for like a year until somebody else said it's that. And I still don't really know what it is. Um, so for me, I think this is interesting that they're continuing the conversation on this front. Mm -hmm. Um, Chrysler knows how to make great designs. If anything, I think they're um, sort of merger with, you know, Peugeot, PSA, Citroën to create this Stellantis, you know, monster of a company uh, has helped the design department. I think it looks really good. Um, So, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's just they got to do another 300 and this kind of allows us to sort of think that they're going to.
1: So. yeah I mean it it uh, you know it would sort of replace you know if they if they did make a uh, an electric sedan um, it would be sort of a good uh, replacement for the 300 um, I don't think anyone's gonna mistake this design you know this is right. definitely not inspired by that um, in terms of design at all, but in terms of you know where it fits in, in the lineup. Which <laughs> yeah. would be the other thing in the lineup, uh, yeah then yeah it fits i I do like the design, it's not you know uh doesn't look typically Chrysler to me, but um you yeah, know it, it does sort of go along with some of the uh concepts they've been showing us um so uh yeah i i i I like it, I don't know that um, I don't know. You know, it does look kind of exotic. Um, so I think that might have its, its draw to it, but people mm-hmm. just, I, I don't see people looking at this and going, that's a, that's a price there, you know? Cool. Well,
0: let's segue. We'll kind of bounce through some news, news here. Tesla won the uh, charging wars. Yeah. You think so?
1: I don't know. Or is oh, yeah. it just an armistice? I don't uh, know. Yeah. I, I don't think it's peace for 20 years. Hard to say. I mean, it's like, if you can't beat them, join them. Um, they they have the better charging standard <laughs> you know it's yeah. it's it's more approachable it's easier to use um it's had more testing <laughs> real world testing um and uh yeah I, I think it's a definitely a good thing um especially for people who are sort of maybe intimidated by yeah uh those big clunky CCS plugs and mm-hmm. those you know thick gauge cables that you know <laughs> are so mm-hmm. easy to trip over and, oh, and are hard to maneuver around your car when you're trying to plug it in um the Teslas are, are are a dream compared to those to use um so I, it makes it feel a little bit more like plugging in an appliance than you know having to plug in you know some giant machine um and yeah like there's already infrastructure all over the the country that uh with which it's compatible and um you know if tesla continues to build more and now uh, every automaker that is adopting this is is committing to building um more chargers with this standard um i think that's great the uh yeah the, the having one standard across the us and having it be the the superior standard is is wonderful um the only drawback is for um you know europe is sticking with ccs as far as i can tell um Mm -hmm. so it just makes a little more complicated if you're you know building uh cars and exporting them for for various markets um yeah nice to see a, a a global charging standard um and I feel like that would have been CCS just because so many other parts of the world use it. Um, but I I'm glad that the US is using this because it's better. <laughs> it's just better. And uh and uh I would I would rather use that and you know it, I would rather have the, the NAX standard on my EV when I buy it. It might I hope it doesn't, you know, deter people from from adopting evs now <laughs> you know but i i could see it doing that people not wanting to buy something that just has a ccs plug um that you're gonna have to buy an adapter for in a couple of years i mean the same thing with, with the way chatmo was um, a couple of years ago Uh now at least there's an adapter for that to ccs but um uh, but yeah i feel like you know i would consider weight like holding off on my purchase uh for a couple of years until it's actually you know in more mainstream production and all the different automakers that uh, have committed to using it or i would go out and buy a tesla instead which there's other cars i would rather have but you know, i want to have the, the right charging standard
0: yeah i you know you got to give tesla a lot of credit because they really looked at the you know They looked at the electric car as a whole situation.
1: Yeah. Uh, And they thought far (laughs) ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, other companies should have thought that way. Yeah. Everything more about the product rather than necessarily uh, the whole life living with the product. So uh, that's one, that's a huge advantage for Tesla uh, that they've had all along is, you know, they've just build it on the infrastructure right away. And it actually works. (laughs) Huge advantage for Tesla.
0: No, it's, I mean, I think it'll be a revenue provider for years to come for them as well as they sort of, you know, the deals they struck with like Ford was the first one and the way it, uh, they sort of shaped their business model. And, you know, they were there first and, you know, they were, uh, they had the foresight to, see where this was going to go. It seemed like the other automakers just assumed it would be like you build a car and you don't worry about the gas station, you know? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. uh, When you're trying to change consumers, it doesn't really work that way. So, Cool. Well, speaking of EVs, the Kia EV8, this could be the long-awaited successor to the Kia Stinger, which we really liked. Uh, We had a long-term one. I think it was a GT. Uh, we had a lot of fun with that. That was that was a beast of a car. I can't believe they did that. Uh, it really was a shooting star. Lasted for a few years. I remember the concept car they showed at the Detroit auto show. We did videos on it. And yeah, it was, again, it was a, you know, Haley's Comet. It was in and out and it's gone. Um, but now it makes all the sense in the world to bring back it as, uh, you know, an electric guise. Uh, we're, we're, this is a little speculative. We're seeing stuff from uh, Korean car blog, which we translated. So, yeah. you know, it's a little bit of a, um, you know, we got, you, you definitely, this isn't for sure hundred percent happening, but reports out there. And I think, you know, you mentioned, like, we talked about the Celto's earlier and I think Kia has done a really good job of getting into all sorts of segments. Creating value and creating identity, and I, I think the Stinger, at its best, did that. Uh, so I think if they were to come back with something electric, uh, it could work. You know, and the EV8 would be a great name. I don't quite, I don't quite get. Is it going to be like a sedan? Because what are they going to do? Make a really big sedan and put it on top of the EV6 and some of the other stuff we're seeing? So I have questions on that front. Uh, but generally, I think they should do this. It would be a nice brand halo for them if they they do it as described.
1: Yeah. I I would you know thinking about the Stinger it did have sort of that longer wheelbase. It was it was a little longer mm-hmm. than the than the uh Genesis G70 at least mm-hmm. um and you know plenty of room you could get a good sort of skateboard chassis under that. Um and yeah, I I think uh it would be a good candidate for electric power, you know, uh the the i4 that that they offer was a little harsh but the twin turbo v6 was was really nice and smooth um that would i feel like that translates pretty well to to the electric um feel you know just good power across the across the rev range in that in 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 our long-termer um and then you know if you want something a little uh a little, you know, an entry-level version with less power. Um, I would rather have a very smooth electric motor than, than the, uh, the 2.5 T that was, that they offered. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, uh, you know, with, if they can keep it low enough to the ground and still make it comfortable. I mean, you have to fit a battery pack under where people are going to sit. So, um, which makes a, could make a little more sense in in sort of a GT sort of um, sedan like this, where you might sort of want to be like in like a little more a little bit more of a race car position than like an upright position that you would in a crossover. Uh, but like you know like in the EV nine um, and and you know some other like Kia Niro, uh things like that um you're sort of uh your your legs are sort, your knees are pretty pretty high up just cuz you're sitting on top of that on top of that battery pack and and they don't have a lot of room to go lower with the floor you know um so if they can manage to to make that comfortable and with an EV you you can i i suppose you could use that space where there would be an internal combustion engine in the front move the, the front seats forward, take advantage of that room and give more leg room to, to the rear passengers and have them all just sort of, you know, in that little bit more sporty reclined sort of pilot position and it would work quite well. Um, uh, but yeah, I would love to see, uh, an electric, uh, Kia GT sedan, um, I loved the Stinger so much. My brother-in-law just bought one uh, a couple months really? ago. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Which one did he get? <laughs> he got the, the, the GT one uh, with okay. the, with the V six. Um, okay. And uh, it's like a, it's gray, but it's not like a, a metallic gray. It's like a flat gray. Yeah. Um, I can picture that. It's a good yeah. look. Not, not a matte, but just like, you know, that sort of flat color. Um, but yeah, it looks great. And, uh, he loves it. He 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 had a Ford Taurus show that he Oh yeah that was you know starting to finally fall apart. And before that he had um, uh an Acura uh RSX. So I, I like I like his style. I like his lineage of of vehicles. Um <laughs> I think oh, uh, I- the 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 stinger is a, a, a great one for him. You know, they've got uh my older nephew is Has has now graduated high school, but they still have another boy who uh, they have to tote around um, who's getting quite big. He's, you know, um, I think 11 years old now, uh, fifth grade um, and getting getting huge. So he's got to fit in the back.
0: (laughs) I a little bit of a non sequitur here. We were talking about the show last week because it was a pretty prominent reveal at the like twenty. Nine, 2009 Chicago Auto Show, and just the SHO was top of mind. And one sold in 1990, um, with the, let's see, it sold for about four thousand dollars, four thousand and one. Um, <laughs> which it's it's a pretty beat up car, to be honest. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, it's it's I think it's just it's a tired 34 year old car in gray. Yeah. Um, but this was on Haggerty and yeah, I don't know. If he decides he wants to get one back. I mean, <laughs> this had the three-liter um, V6 with the manual. So, I mean, you really... This was an interesting car. Uh, Haggerty says it did zero to 60 in 6.5 seconds, uh, which is really quick for the 90s. And this had the Yamaha, Yamaha three-liter dual overhead cam. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh you want the actual mileage though is listed at 152,680.
1: okay holy
0: cow <laughs> yeah um that would be a lot on that powertrain and yeah. that just <laughs> chassis and everything about it um so i don't know you said the word "toro show so it got in my head i yeah I like how your brother-in-law thinks though i could those wouldn't be exactly the cars i would get but i could see myself doing it i would be more like 96 Chevy Impala or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I could go down that road, but just end up at a few different spots, you know? Yeah. Uh, same same idea though. So, uh, should we spend some money? Uh, yeah. Let's see. This comes from Reddit's Our Cars thread. If you would like to get into the mailbag or spend some money, that's podcast at autoblog.com. This writer comes to us from the mid-Atlantic region near D.C., looking for about $1,000 a month lease payment, Uh, looking for a new vehicle, a luxury crossover. Uh, The must-haves are a comfortable ride that handles more like a car than an SUV, excellent sound system, good driver assistance technologies to make long drives easy, and just some basically basic luxury features like heated seats, the steering, uh, and remote start. So I assume he wants the car to have steering (laughs) I <laughs> don't <laughs> quite know what that means. Uh, automatic transmission, daily driver. Looked at the Macan, the RX 550, BMW iX, X4, Audi Q5, GLC 330, F-Pace, Genesis GV70, Mach-E, Cadillac Lyric. Currently drives a Hyundai Sonata. Open to an EV as long as the range is around 300 miles, which does narrow the field a bit. There's a lot to unpack with here. Um yeah. I mean, at first blush, and I have to double check. I think the Macan is a nice play here. Uh, yes. just You'll enjoy it. It's a Porsche. You're going to pay for it. Um, but I mean, when I I when whenever I drive the, the uh, Macan or Cayenne, I come away feeling like Porsche does probably the best job of making their crossovers feel like they're sports cars. So lots of good stuff on this list. But a Porsche Macan lease, uh, if you can find one, I think could be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, um, the, the Macan was uh, my first thought too. Um, you know, you don't get quite, the, you know, the, the the things like the uh, the driver assistance tech and like some of those basic luxury features are not uh, standard in mm-hmm. Porsche, and you're going to have to, you know, option for those, which mm-hmm. you can probably do and still um, hopefully, you know meet your lease budget but um yeah if you're looking for a good handling car um that that's that's the one uh, yeah. and also I, I believe you can get uh the burmester uh sound system in that which is excellent um i think the standard is is bose maybe um uh no the, right, yeah. you no know, there's a uh, bose is like the second one up there's like like okay. three three um, different ones in there, so that that would be a great one. I was considering um, picking the the Mercedes because, but I'm not sure if the Burmester, I think the Burmester Burmister system's available in the in the GLC, but I'm not sure. But um, uh, I think, yeah, it, the for you know one that drives well. That's that's the one. Um, I would also uh, potentially consider. Uh, the BMW iX. Yes, that's um, a good car, good crossover. You can, you can get good range in that. Some of the tech is is a little frustrating to use, but uh, oh. it's, it's excellent to drive. Um, and uh, yeah, um, a, a very you know, you can get uh, I think up to three hundred twenty-four miles of range in that. Um, other ones I thought of from this list: the GV seventy. Um, But again, you know that drives a little bit more like an actual SUV than a car. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, the lyric, uh, it it sort of straddles the line, um, maybe a little bit leaning more towards SUV uh, in terms of the way it drives, but um, definitely going to feel really good uh, sitting in it. It Feels very luxurious and. uh, Hopefully you don't get any of those <laughs> electronic gremlins. Yeah. Uh, but as for if if you know, it depends on what what's more important to you. If if the driver assist system is more important to you, um, then yeah, the BMW or 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 Genesis would be good. Um if the driving like a car is more important to you, uh BMW or yeah, Porsche Macan.
0: A couple other ones that I I, I kind of like the GV eighty, which according to True Car you can lease for seven sixty six. And if you want like all of the stuff on the buffet here, Genesis is usually there for you. They have like much like you know Kia and Hyundai. They're good values. You know you get a lot of stuff, so you could definitely load those up and probably get a little bit of a better um, better deal. And then when it came to electrics, I was the Mach E. I think would be a lot of fun. Uh, and it's so if yeah. you're already looking at like a luxury crossover, I mean, you're probably willing to pay more, which means you could get a pretty yeah. nice Mach-E. So that's, that's with, tempting, with, you know, Yeah, you can well. get it
1: with the with, uh, Blue Cruise too, which is yes. surprisingly good to use, um, which would be quite nice. And you can get Super Cruise in the, in the Lyric too. Yes, uh, yeah. It's the end yeah, that for- Mach-E you might yeah. have a little more budget for, for upgrading to the options you want too.
0: I generally liked, I, whenever I've driven Super Cruise, I've liked it. I haven't spent as much time in Blue Cruise. So, um, you know, that is irrespective of nothing. I just, I personally haven't driven it, but I, I liked Super Cruise when I drove it. Um, I drove it and I think an Escalade. Um, so, for Cadillac specifically. And I really like the Lyric too. I tend to think this is, we could go down this rabbit hole for hours. But Mach-E versus Lyric, as far as like domestic EVs, um, you know, just they happen to be on the list here of cross shopping. That would be a really tough call for me. I think, yeah. um I don't I feel like I'm just this morning, I'm leaning Cadillac, but I don't know totally why. Like, if a Mach-E was in my driveway, I'd be thrilled and excited to drive it. But yeah. I don't know, I felt the Lyric just had a little extra mojo to it. It felt a little more like, uh more like an expensive Cadillac yeah. EV, whereas the Mach E felt like a really nice Ford electric vehicle. Uh is a crossover that also happened to be called a Mustang. So Yeah.
1: Yeah, the, yeah. the lyric definitely feels more expensive than it is by kind of a lot. Yes. Um but yeah the Mach E I think is is that's just really, really fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's really fun to oh, yeah. drive. Um Especially, you know, for like zero to 60 rips and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. It's, it maybe doesn't doesn't have like a – it handles more like a muscle car than, than, you know, like than other, you know, sort of sports cars. Uh, but uh, if that's what you're into, then, yeah, it's a little, little soft, a little floaty, you know, sort of does weird things in the corners. Uh, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the whole point, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Alright. Cool. Uh, any winter as we even segue into spring drink recommendations? Um, let's
1: see. What have I had lately? Um oh, what have I have recently? I, I haven't been been drinking much lately, um but uh had something I ordered something uh, the other day that uh, was something I hadn't had in a long time. Oh, Pacifico! <laughs> oh no, yeah, not, yeah. Not, 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 I'm sorry, not Pacifico It's Soul. I like Pacifico oh, I mean, competitor okay. Sol, uh Mexican beer. Uh, yeah, it's lime one. in it. Uh, it that's really a nice sort of, one. Really, sort of got me in the mood for uh, you know for vacation. <laughs> so, that's not spring. That's summer right there. That's yeah, beach beer. It was, you know. I, I, yeah you know, we went to a Mexican restaurant and I was like ah I haven't had that in forever yeah. and like you know you, you know I don't see soul around very much I remember seeing it the one time I was in Mexico and, and um and uh so yeah I ordered it and was like oh man this is good like it's I mean it's nothing crazy special but uh when was the last time you had a uh just a Mexican beer with a with a lime in it from the bottle. That's um, true. That's a really you know, good way to put it. it. It it sort of felt like uh Ju- July in the winter a little bit, which uh you know, lifted my spirits quite a bit.
0: I think that's the whole point of, you know, having a drink <laughs> like that is it can be very situational.
1: Yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Now I kinda wanna try that actually. I feel I feel a little like too bogged down in winter to to sort of Bog myself down with heavy beers right now. Oh, that's a good so. way to look at it. That's a
0: good way to look at it. I, uh, I, let's see, I played golf last week when it was 63 degrees, and I then had got a sixer of Heineken Zero, which is the non alcoholic one, mm-hmm. just kind of work that in every now and then, for a change up, and that was light and good. Um, then I have the opposite of that, Guinness downstairs in the fridge, which, you know, it's, February 15th, I'm i I'm already trying to position towards spring, but it's not. It's snowing. So, the Guinness, I think, will serve me for another good six weeks, get through St. Patrick's
1: Day. And at Guinness that point, is, yeah. Guinness is good any time of year, man. It is. It, it is. You know, when when you want something heavy, you know, you can trick yourself into thinking it's heavy. When you want something, you know, sort of light and drinkable, it's it's surprisingly like... Drinkable. It's it's very smooth. Oh, you're not 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 too you know thick and full bodied. Uh, it's it's just a good all arounder.
0: <laughs> no, it's in fact. I think I don't think I'm gonna have to shovel tonight because the sun seems to be doing a pretty good job, and we didn't end up getting that much. And I may have to reward myself even if I just yeah. like scrape the driveway with a Guinness because you you said it perfectly. It is. It looks like this big heavy dark beer, but it's one of the most drinkable beers out there with a yeah. nice foamy head and there's an ad they were doing ads like i think during like the height of like covid and lockdown and the tagline was until we meet again because nobody was really going to bars and joe montana the old 49ers quarterback uh notre dame quarterback was doing that line he called it uh i think he characterized it as velvety and light on its feet and then the other guy at the bar goes yeah just like you and then some other guy goes who is who was that guy you know, because, you know, Joe Montana's like 65 at yeah. this point. But
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like a, a that sort of dry style Irish stout. Uh, there's never a bad time for it. Uh, but not a bad time of the year for it.
0: It's never a bad time for the Autoblog podcast. And if you enjoy the show, please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get the show. Be safe out there and we'll see you next week.